What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the Eyes on Isles podcast with Matt O'Leary and Mitch Anderson. Hello and welcome to the Eyes on Isles podcast, episode number 64. I am Matt O'Leary alongside Mitch Anderson. Mitch, how are you doing tonight? I am fine. It's not negative four degrees Fahrenheit like it is in Edmonton for my brother. So suck it, Stephen. <laughs> that poor bastard. I'm sorry. <laughs> negative four? That's brutal. Edmonton is a cold, desolate, dark place. No, that does not sound like a whole lot of fun in Western Canada, correct? Western Canada? That's right. Yeah, good call. So it was 59 today, Fahrenheit, for us. <laughs> there you go. So it, it, it's about that for me here, but like, oh, I'm not ready for winter. I am not ready. I know Jon Snow has been telling us for a while that winter is coming, but I'm not, I'm not ready. No, not, not yet anyway. Um, so we are episode number 64, which means we are the Sven Butenschon edition. Uh, I say that because he's the only player to ever wear number 64 for the New York Islanders. He played 37 games for the Isles in 0203, scored four points, a negative six with 26 penalty minutes. He was a 6-4 is, 6-4, 215-pound defenseman, so a big boy. Okay. See, I, I did not remember him. At all, and then once you started reading that stuff off, it was like, okay, well, how am I supposed to remember him? So I don't feel as bad now, but thank you for updating yeah. us. I think we're going to run out of people for additions, like very well, there's soon. Well, there's no one next week. There's no number 65. Yeah, so, but in two weeks, we'll have a number 66, and that's who we're going to start the show with, talking about. Yeah, yes, we are. So last week, we talked about Josh Hosang, because it just recently came out that he kind of called out the Sound Tigers and the Islanders organization and was saying that he didn't understand how he's being handled because he and the organization views him as a top six prospect, but he's playing in the bottom six. So fast forward to now this week, and he has since played four games since being promoted to the top line after his comments. And in those four games, Mitch. Yes. He has 10 points. (laughs) Unbelievable. (laughs) Oh, man, that is 
10 points in four games. So he's got, on average, what is it, 2.25 per game, I think it is. He's got three games with two points and one four-point game. That's good. Insane. Ridiculous. So how do we want to break this down? Okay, first, let's start with why is he scoring this much? Is it simply because he's playing top line or is there more behind it, you think? I think there's a mix of both. One, it was that he's being played on the top line and that's his role. So he is going to be better in the role that he is best suited for. And then I also think motivation has a factor to it because I think like his comments, him saying that and then it getting the publicity that it did. And then they gave him that that call and said, hey, you guys are get, you're going to be on the top line with Dal Cole. And now from that point, I would see that as, okay, this is my opportunity and I'm going to prove them wrong and I'm not going to let them demote me again. Yeah, that's huge. Um, so I, I want to bring up something from uh, Michael Fornabio. So he covers the Bridgeport Sound Tigers for the CT News. And in a, in a piece on November 4th, he quoted Hosang saying, um, Hosang said, his play the past two nights was just an apology to the coaches and the organization. He said he felt the New York Post story earlier in the week didn't reflect the way he said what he said. I felt really bad about it, Hosang said. He said he was being, he's was he been working with the coaches on how to get more ice time and put himself in better positions to succeed. Tomer, as in, um, God, why can't I think of his name now? The coach Brent Thompson. for the Bridgeport. Thank you. Uh, has been outstanding with me this year. I want everyone to know that. So he's not ready to throw uh, Brent Thompson under the bus, although most of us are. <laughs> um, so he's saying it, it's more of a motivation factor. He wants to have that ice time. He wants to play more. He wants to play in the top pair or the top line, which makes sense. Uh, but it's more. I think it's more of a motivation thing and him realizing, like, I said some stuff. I probably shouldn't have said it. It didn't come out the way I wanted it to. Uh, I can see how that's, this looks bad. I'm going to do the only thing that I can do, and it's play my way out of this. And he is doing that. Do you believe him that he's genuinely, like, feels bad about it? I think so, because it, it doesn't look great. Like, the article itself didn't look fantastic. It wasn't terrible. Like we said, was last week even, that he didn't say anything terrible. He's like, well, I don't. I think they had their plan made up. And um, which is fine, but they had their plan made up. But like, I'm confused. Like you said at the top of the show, why they want me to be a top six forward, but I'm not a top six forward here. I think that was the worst part of the entire article, right? Uh, and even that isn't too bad. That's just the thing, right? It's that it, it, I think the phrasing of the headline and of some of how it was written made Hosang look bad. And don't get me wrong, there were some things that I didn't like that Hosang said, but at the same token, like the, he has a reputation for it, so you know that it's going to get clicks. And I know we went over that stuff last week, and I don't want to necessarily rehash it, but the point being, I do think I agree with Hosang, or the point that Hosang is trying to prove his worth to the team and, in a sense, apologize for saying what he did. I do think he feels bad. I think he feels bad, and, and that, that's clear with, with the way he's conducting himself. And it wasn't just a one-game thing, right, where he came out and put up two points that one game to be like, there's my statement, there's my apology. No, no, it's still going on. We're four games in. Today was game number four this afternoon, and he put up another two points. 
they won seven three. Like I, I I forget what the, their stats are even at this time. I imagine they've been pretty good. Um, they being the Bridgeport Sound Tigers, that is. I haven't looked at the record. Uh, let's keep talking, and, and I'll bring it up to to, yeah. to figure. So it now out. Hosang after today has uh, fourteen points in thirteen games this year. Which is great because he had 31 in 50 last year in the AHL. Obviously, we know from his time in the NHL, he was semi productive. In 2016 17, he had 10 points in 21 games. In 2017 18, he had 12 points in 22 games. So I want to ask you this now Do you think he is forcing the Islanders' hand in calling him up, or do you think it's still going to continue to stay the course of him in the AHL this year? I think it continues to stay the course. I just don't see um, it changing yet. And why Why would it? Like, unless they're ready to send Bo down and move Josh Bailey over to the wing, um, I, I just don't see it happening. So over the last four games, the Bridgeport Soundigers are 3-1 and one with a 7-3 win today, 8-5 win the other day, 5-2 win before that, and a 3-2 loss. So they're scoring. They put in a point. <laughs> they are yes. scoring lots of goals. And you have to say that Joshua Sang is a huge part of that. I mean, ridiculous. Ten points in four games? That's absurd, no matter what level you're playing at. Yeah. One goal, 13 assists. So, yeah, I mean, that's, that's not too surprising. He's not necessarily a, a goal scorer, but no, he's a good playmaker. And I'm not, I mean, I'm a little surprised that it's this many points, but I'm not surprised that he's productive in this role. Yeah. So what do you think then about, about him moving up to the Islanders? Uh, you asked me, so I'm going to ask you, do you think he goes up soon? I think it depends on how Anthony Beauvillier plays for the next week. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Because he's, he's waiver exempt, is he not? Bo? Yeah. I'm saying that, and I don't I don't necessarily know. I'll, I'll bring it up. It's another thing to bring up here. Uh, Anthony Beauvillier, I believe, yes, he is waiver exempt. Okay, so then that's the only real guy it would make sense to do the swap with. But yeah, even I'm not necessarily ready to give up on Anthony Beauvillier, and not that sending him down would be giving up on him. But I'm just I'm since they are playing well, I'm willing to ride out trying to get Anthony Beauvillier right at the NHL level, not having to send him down to the AHL to get him right. So yeah. I, unless there's an injury or a trade, which I don't necessarily think that there is going to be a trade anytime soon. So for now, I think he's staying in the A. Yeah, completely agree. He stays there. Uh, and why not? Like, the, the Islanders are going to be like, oh, you scored a bunch of points and you're sorry? All right, well, let's move uh, heaven and earth to get you up here. No, they're, they're going to be like, okay, that's great. Good for you. You're doing exactly what you need to do. Keep that up. And when the time comes, you'll get your opportunity and just run with it. Keep doing what you're doing. And it doesn't mean put up another two points every game for the rest of the year. It's just keep contributing. Like even then, Brent Thompson in in the most recent, uh, I think a most recent piece about Josh Osang has said like he's playing defensively. He's doing the, the off the puck things that we've wanted him to do. So that's great. It's it appears that he is buying in, which is exactly what you want. Well, it, it is and isn't because we. It is because that's great. Be, it might help him get up here sooner. It isn't because we don't necessarily trust the program that they're running down there. Fair, but you would have to think that Barry Trotz and Lou Lamarillo has at least given Thompson a little bit of an idea for the direction they're trying to go. Yeah, I, I would definitely imagine like that they're they're helping out. Um, so before this, Hossein did not register in the top scorers of the AHL. 
Where do you think he registers today? Of all scorers, of all skaters in the in the AHL, where does he rank with his fourteen points? Twelfth. He oh, good job. Eleventh. Oh, that was a good guess. All right, that was a good one. He's he's actually tied with Del Cole for the eighth overall. So Del Cole is actually eighth, I guess, just because of the number of goals he has. Um, with he Del Cole also has fourteen points. In fewer games, mind you, in in eleven games. Are you sure it's not alphabetical order? No, because Josh comes before Michael. Last name. Uh, no, because TJ Brennan is between Donovan and Jose. Okay. So good call. I was just call. Like, I was just wanted to clear it up, but uh, that yeah, that's, that's fair. Um, but yeah, we're ranting and raving. Josh was saying, "Is here? Is he here to stay?" I believe so, and I can't wait. I can't wait. No, because I, you're lying to yourself as a fan to say that he is not an exciting player. Because when he was here in 2016 and 17 that year, all, a large majority of the fan base was buying into this guy. They said yeah. he was a fun player, that he gave energy to the Islanders' offense, which he did. And I think now you bring him up and play him with Brock Nelson and Anders Lee. You got a pretty nice line right there. Yeah, do you think he goes there, or do you think he goes with, with Bartel? I, I would imagine he, uh, he probably goes with two shooters, right? I would think so. I mean, I just think him and Barzal, like, originally that was my first idea, and then after thinking about it for a while, it's like, Barzal and Hosang, they're too similar. Yeah, that's just two guys that hold on to the puck maybe a little bit too long, but it will, both of them are going to hold on. Who's going to shoot? Bailey? Ooh. I like Bailey, but he 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 ain't a shooter necessarily. No, so that's three playmakers. <laughs> I don't want so you got to split them up a little bit. <laughs> It'd be the Harlem Globetrotters out there. I don't have a. They won't have. They won't have any shots on goal on their ship, but they'll own possession time. <laughs> their Corsi score will be through the roof. Yeah, uh, but their points per sixty will be in the toilet. Yeah. So, Mitch, anything else on Hosang other than that we are just happy and excited for him? Uh, I, I am warm by the warmth of his on-firedness. It's not a word, but I'm making it I'm making it work, so deal with it. All right, we will take that. And, okay. <laughs> I was trying to do the deal with it meme with the video here, but I realize I'm wearing not sunglasses, so it doesn't look as cool. Okay. That's what that was. I was like, <laughs> why is he showing me his glasses? <laughs> It's like not, none of our listeners are going to be able to understand what's happening, but Mitch just oh, tried yeah. to reenact the meme. It was fantastic. We definitely need to do a video portion for this. I think we are going to have to. Yeah, eventually. So, Mitch, moving on now to Thomas Grice, someone else who is putting up fantastic numbers so far this year. He has far and away exceeded any and all expectations from Islanders fans this year. I, yeah. yeah, that's easy to say. So he is now up to a 940, 940 oh. save percentage and a 1.98 goals against average. One shutout. He had one just all of last year. And previous to his last start, the one where the Islanders lost to the Habs, in his three starts before that, he stopped 102 of 105 shots. Out. Of this world. That's a 971 save percentage. Where is this guy coming from? 
I know literally where he comes from, but like this is out of coming out of nowhere. It's coming from the womb of Mitch Corn. That's where it's coming from. <laughs> That's an awkward picture. It is coming from him. Um, yeah, well, that makes a whole lot of sense, doesn't it? Like the, the work that that he and Piero Greco are are doing, and I think Lou was on the radio today on Fine Five Ninety talking about this specifically, and and, and what Corn and Greco are doing to not revolutionize, but to shore up the goaltending position. And and I don't think they're doing anything. Lou didn't say this, but I don't think they're doing anything special. I think what they're doing is just refocusing the goalies to work within the system that Barry Trotz is is. Um, it has set up. Right. I And it's working, clearly. Between well, both yeah, Grice like, and Leonard, too, before Leonard got banged up, but I think he is going to be ready to go tomorrow I night. So, yes. so, I... I don't... I, it comes to a point, like, I don't know what, what else can you say. He has five quality starts already out of seven, and he had nine all of last year. <laughs> <laughs> like, that should say enough right there. So, okay... Um, obviously we think he sustains something similar. A lot of people are saying they, he, he can't sustain where he's at. And I don't necessarily disagree that he, he'll sustain. What was the save percentage right now? 940. Yeah. He's not going to keep that up. That's, that's way too high. Uh, but a 920 seems like a bare minimum at this point. Yeah. I think both him and Leonard end up around the 920, which is f- phenomenal. Consider like Lynn last year, he was at 892. 892. Yeah, obviously, but like the two years before that, he was at 913 and 925. 913, respectable. 925, very good. I think he's going to be in that range, what he was his first year with the Islanders. Which is, oh, if only they could have got that last year, right? And, and I don't, I don't want to blame Grice necessarily because the, we saw some glimpses of it last year. Remember that game against the Montreal Canadiens where they got 51 shots against the, the, the Islanders? Yeah. I forget what the score was, but um, I know Grice looked okay in that game. That was the issue with the goalies. They were facing a million and a half shots a game. And it wasn't just like, because they're still facing a ton of shots now, um, but the shots that they're facing aren't aren't incredibly high danger as far as like I know. Um, I think they've reduced their high danger saves, uh, their high danger chances against, maybe not considerably, but significantly enough from last year. And so most of those shots are coming from medium to low danger areas. You give that to a, a, a decent NHL goalie, and he's going to stop those 90, 95% of the time. And that's what we're seeing out of both of them. I think last time I looked, they were both floating around a 91 in the medium save percentage. Pardon me, I'm drinking this Rolling Rock beer and it's it's quite gaseous, um, or making me quite gaseous. And I think their low danger was around 95 to 97, which is great, right? Like obviously the high danger is where most teams are going to score because that's why that's what makes a high danger is that you score on it more often. Absolutely. And and both both of these guys are are limiting them. I think they're both at 91, something around that that that, that level. Um, and, and that's due to the system and due to what the goalie coaches are, are telling them to do. And like we are, have beaten to death almost from this episode and once in the past, you have to give credit to Trotz. You have to give yep. credit to the goalie coach. You have to give credit to Mitch Korn and even these guys too, both Leonard and Grice for putting in the work because obviously Grice got the first start 
of the season because they said that Robin Leonard wasn't quite ready yet with his mechanics. I don't know if that's necessarily the right word, but if he was... I think so, yeah. His fundamentals. His fundamentals, yeah. He had bad fundies. So <laughs> that scared me at first. I said, this might be a whole long process. It might He might look a little bit like the goalie he was last year instead of the goalie he was two years prior to that. When in reality, both of these guys have caught on very quick, which is great yeah. to see. He pitched a shutout the next game, Leonard did. Yeah, and he went from not ready to a what a thirty-eight save shutout. Yeah, something ridiculous like that. Like he he's not ready to go. Give him one game, and he's gonna pitch a shutout. Phenomenal. Yeah. Oh, it's insane. It's insane. It's a word I'm gonna keep using today instead of big time. I'm over that. Um. Yeah, a lot of the credit, like you said, goes to them. Uh, well, there's a, there's a lot, like like you said, Trotz, Corn, Greco, and the goalies themselves. Um. The, the team as well, defensively, we said, have, have kept their shape and have enabled them to do so, uh, to do what they're doing. But you can't say that any of, the, any of these guys have stood on their heads. And what I mean by that, it's not that they were fantastic and stopped a bunch of shots. They've done that. It's You haven't seen them like pull out these crazy acrobatic saves um, where they're like, oh, what's the word I want to use here? Like a 2-on-0, or, or maybe not. They actually did stop a 2-on-0. Like a pass across the, the slot, and he just reaches over and he snatches it in his glove before it goes into the empty net, like a million times, or pulling up these highlight reel saves. No, they're just a lot of them are just regular, square to the shooter. I'm going to be here. Oh, there comes the shot, and just tracking the puck, tracking the play. They're just doing, like you said before, the fundamentals right. And that's that's huge. If you could do the basic stuff right, you don't need to do these crazy acrobatic saves because you're always in the right position. Right. The, so besides like, the poke checks, the only big save yeah. I can remember is the one on Phil Kessel where Thomas Grice flashed the glove. And that's the only one that really stands out to me. And that yeah. really shows the point that you were trying to hit home was that these guys are putting themselves in better positions, like body wise, to stop the puck. And they don't have to mm-hmm. do, like you said, those crazy, like Jonathan Quick like saves. Yes. I also want to pl- uh, this goes back to Barry Trotz, but like it's the defense. The defense isn't scrambling like they were last year, and thus having to overwork the goalies, trying to compensate for it, or maybe not compensate for it, but uh, by being out of position allows more high danger chances, allows more movement of the puck around in the zone, and the goalies got to move left, right, left, right, up, down, up, down, and they're not doing that much of it this time around, or they're doing less of it, obviously. Uh, and that's enabling them to lock the position and track the puck a lot easier. There's not so much left to right movement. It's just easier on them to do what they need to do because of the system that's in place and because the players have bought into it. So it's a whole it's a whole thing. Everyone's bought into and everyone's done what they need to do to facilitate every other player in their respective positions. And it's showing in the goaltending column with the save percentage and goals against average. Yeah. I I just hope that they are able to keep this up, not necessarily at this pace, but just continuing to play well because you're seeing it on realistically all three phases, which is phenomenal. Yeah. So like before tonight's action, before whoever's playing tonight, um, the Islanders were ranked first in the league in terms of save percentage with a 931. And would you say on paper that Leonard Grice is the best goalie duo in the league? Probably not. No, no, definitely not. Because you got to consider last year. 
And and you have to consider that this isn't necessarily sustainable, right? Like I think their PDO is at 104 or something like that. It's going to drop. It will. It just depends on how far it's going to drop. Like it, it's going to hit the mean. It's just when is it going to do that? Right. Um, but it's, I don't think it's going to go much further than 920. And like last year, they were the the fourth worst. They were 28th, ranked 28th overall in terms of save percentage with a flat 900. Yeah, and they were atrocious. They've improved by, what, 31 points? That's nuts. Maybe not 31 points. Zero 31? I get what you're trying to say. That is, it's extremely impressive. The, the amount of changes that happen so quickly by just changing the structure and changing the coaching. Because Grice was the same guy who was here last year who struggled. And mm-hmm. it wasn't – and last year – Leonard struggled. He wasn't with the Islanders, but he wasn't great. That's why the Sabres didn't want to re-sign him. He was an RFA, not a UFA, and they decided not to offer him a contract, so he became a UFA. Yeah, exactly. A qualifying offer. It wasn't even a contract. Just like, we're going to give you the bare minimum. You just have to say no. You don't even need to sign it. Just say no, and we retain your rights, and they didn't even want to do that. And But... I think there's more into it than just that. Like I think with with everything we've learned from Robin Leonard, the backstory of what's been going on with him, what's been playing him, and and the work that he's done to um, find some peace and, and achieve that, I would say at, at least right now, um, I think the Buffalo Sabers just did so in in more of a let's give you a fr- uh, um, what's the word I want to use a blank check essentially of just you go and and you. You go where you need to go and do what you need to do and find yourself a new place um, and just start over. Yeah, fresh slate. Because you clearly need to do that. And I think that was, that was that was good by the Buffalo Sabres. They didn't need to do that, and they did it anyways. No, and I think it ended up working out for the better for Robin Leonard. Yeah, exactly. All right, so the goalies are doing great. Mitch, the Islanders went on a little win streak this past week. <laughs> just a little one. A little bit, five in a row. <laughs> that's a good one. I wouldn't even say it's a little one. I think that's a that's a sizable win uh, win streak. It is. They're playing very well, and they have points in seven straight games. Yeah. But what I want to get to now is a little hypothetical slash. Is there a correlation? Are you ready for this? <laughs> yes, I am. The last time the Islanders won five games in a row, they actually won six, but we're using the number five was at the end of the 2016-17 season yeah. when John Tavares was hurt. Now, we know John Tavares is not on this team. Is there a correlation, Mitch Anderson? <laughs> I want there to be, but I don't think so. No, I don't think so either. I know that we wanted no. to put this on here, but <laughs> but no, there is not a correlation, and let me tell you why. Uh, you are more okay. likely to win games with good hockey players. John Tavares is a good hockey player. The, the Islanders, like, we can't kid ourselves here. The Islanders would be better if John Tavares was on this team. We could admit it. It hurts to say it because we know what he did to this franchise, but the Islanders would be in a much better state right now if it was Barzell and Tavares as the one-two. As well as Brock Nelson is playing. I don't want to discredit Brock, but they would be just as good. And we're assuming that Barry Trotz is then added to this mix. No, with Barry Trotz. Right, right. That's what I mean. Oh, okay. So Barry Trotz and and John Tavares is your assumption here. Right. Like uh, yeah, Lou, Barry, sure. and then Johnny also. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But that'd be amazing. Of course, this would be a lot. It would be a lot better than it is now. Well, maybe not a lot better because it's already pretty darn good. But it would it would but be good. The ex- that's for the sure. The expectations would be there this year, though. No, 
I don't know. I don't think the expectations would be there. It wouldn't be like a Toronto Maple Leaf situation. The the expectation would be what? The, oh, I guess maybe. I'm not saying Stanley Cup, but to get back to the playoffs, right? With Lou Lamarillo, Barry Trotz, John yeah. Tavares, Matthew Barzell. Yeah, yeah. No, you're right. I, you're talking me into it. Yeah, definitely. Oh, oh, I got I got something juicy on the on this. Once we finish this, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about something I'm just looking at right here. It it doesn't mean a whole lot. It's just fun to look at. Okay. The point is, I know this was like a fun one, oh, and people on Twitter were drawing comparisons to it because the last time they won five in a row compared to this time. And there's going to be a lot of that this season with John Tavares, I feel like. And yeah, kind of sucks talking about it still, but I think we have to because that name's going to be brought up a ton. And it's going to go slight off topic, but you're going to see where I'm going to route, route this back to. So when okay. the Islanders played the Canadians the other night, Yep. One of their Muppet journalists that follow them around took oh, a picture God. of the Barclays Center and made some yeah, yeah. made some comments or a joke, some might say a joke about the Barclays Center attendance. Naturally, I came back with 2015 called "They Want Their Joke Back," which I thought was but pretty good, which was pretty good. But between the arena situation and John Tavares. That's like we're going to hear about that for for a long time, like this year and probably next year. We're going to hear that for a while. That up until the point where the Islanders are in Belmont and they have a new established core, I think we're going to get a lot of John Tavares talk, the what ifs on both sides, and the arena conversation. But the point being, linking this back to Tavares, that. I know we don't want to like talking about him because he's no longer on the team, but it's going to continue to be a storyline for a few more years to come. Oh, well, of, of course. It was it was a big deal. Free agents of his caliber don't just walk from teams. They, they, just, they just don't. That doesn't happen. Um, for good reason, because teams don't let players like that go. They usually end up locking them up, and the Islanders didn't. So it's an easy narrative to make. The attendance thing is an easy narrative to make because it's quite frankly there all the time like the Islanders are the worst attendance in the league this year by a considerable margin like I think it was last I looked it was a 2100 difference on average between them and the Carolina Hurricanes who are 30th in the league in attendance so but like that's I think this is where I'm cutting you off I can see you got something to say but I'm gonna cut you off anyway okay do it this has been an issue forever for the Islanders Mm -hmm. because the Barclays Center has almost actively antagonized the fan base right I was gonna. My question was gonna be: Is when they move back to Nassau, do you think it's gonna help? I think so. I don't think it's gonna be. Well, obviously, they're not gonna be the top draw in the league because they just don't have the same capacity as everyone else. But in terms of sellout percentage, I think it's gonna go up. Like I could see them putting in twelve. Like what's the capacity there, anyways? Now I think it's thirteen. Yeah, I can see them doing twelve. Like they're doing ten in Brooklyn. Could you not see them doing 12 every night? Yeah, I definitely could. I think more people are going to want to go. And I know this isn't wasn't on our running order, but since we brought up Nassau, do you think they go there full-time next year? Yeah, of course. Yeah, easily, for sure. I definitely think so. I agree. Brooklyn does, like, Barclays doesn't want them there because they want to do concerts and every other thing. Um, and Nassau does. The Nassau Coliseum wants them there, although I know it's the same owners. They, they own the same building, the two buildings. Um, but it just makes sense. If, if it works, which I imagine it will, there's no reason not to. Why the heck not? No. And if they 
were able to sell out a preseason game, I think they're going to do fairly well at the rest of the games there this season. I think you'll get some malaise, whereas people are going to go like, uh, reality will start setting in. Like, I can't go today or I can't go tomorrow. I'm not going to make the time necessarily. I, I don't think it's going to be a sellout every night. I really don't. I don't want to even set myself up for that expectation. No, I don't think every night, but I, from my own experience, I can say this. I am a lot more likely to just say, text some, one of my buddies and say, hey, you feel like going to the game tonight and get tickets that day and go when they're at Nassau versus when they're at the Barclays Center because that's a whole, right. you got to plan out get what, what time train, train am I taking and that's, 40, oh, buddy. and that's 45 minutes from the train station to Brooklyn whereas like I live 10 minutes away from Nassau Coliseum. I can hit that on my way home from work and be there by 6 o'clock. I... Look, I'm going to be there for December 1st, the, the first game at the Nassau Coliseum. And when I was looking into my accommodations, like I like staying in Brooklyn. I like Brooklyn. Uh, but when I looked into the train times to get there, I was like, forget no, it. This I don't is think ridiculous. You could take, I don't even know how you would end up taking the train from Brooklyn to the Coliseum. Well, whatever public transportation it would, it would take from for me to get from Brooklyn to there, whatever that happens to be. Right. It would take a long I, I time. Know. Yeah, it would take. It took an hour and forty five minutes. That sounds about right. That's insane. I don't have that kind of time, even though I'm not actually doing anything else. So I got a place in Hempstead, right in Hempstead. It's a forty five minute walk. Hey, to the arena. That's perfect. I that's that's right. That's right by me. You know that. So there you go. There you go. So hangs. Um, but yeah, no, like that. That just makes sense. I, I understand the appeal of being there. In Ottawa, it's kind of the same thing. I don't go to the games here because they're so far away like taking a bus to get there in ottawa is an hour for where i am and i'm downtown i live downtown okay i have to go and take a bus west it takes me an hour so i don't go to games and it's cheap it's cheap to go see games in ottawa um and i don't go because the the, the time commute so i I get it on on a new york perspective uh but i don't know if it's going to be this sellout every night i i think they can average twelve thousand. That's what I'm going with. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if it's a little bit less, but I, I expect it to be an average 12,000 every night at the Nassau Coliseum. I certainly agree with that. So anything else on, I know we went all over the place, but Tavares yeah. or Coliseum or any of that stuff? One last thing. All right. Um, so the odds, so Money Puck has odds for Ooh. teams making the playoffs and making second round, third rounds, all the way up to the, the Stanley Cup. I just want to focus on the playoffs. Sure. The New York Islanders have a 67.45% chance of making the playoffs. And this that's not the storyline I want to go with right now. Okay. That's in and of itself outstanding. I know it's early. I know. But you know what? I want to get excited about something positive because I was I was looking forward, not forward. I was thinking this year was going to be all negative and it's not. So I'm doing it. Guess where the Toronto Maple Leafs sit in terms of make the playoff percentage chance? That's a terrible way of phrasing that. Their chance of making the playoffs. Is it above 67 or below? I would think it's above. It is below. Really? What is that? 64.84%. Okay. So obviously they deal with like a more uh, more intense division than ours uh, in so much as the Tampa Bay Lightning are running away with it. The Boston Bruins are really good. The Canadians aren't doing that bad. And the Buffalo Sabres are kind of okay. 
So like there's more competition there than it is than it seems to be in the Metropolitan Division where the New York Rangers are just kind of like <laughs> although I guess the Detroit Red Wings are still kind of like that. Um yeah. What are the Rangers like? <laughs> That's a pretty accurate description. Yeah. So I, I just wanted to bring that up because I, I, it's it's fun to look at. I know it doesn't mean much. I know it doesn't mean much. It's just fun to look at. All right. So there we go. Let's move on to another conversation that we're going to have, another debate here on the show. Matthew Barzell, John Tavares' replacement, I guess we can call it. He's struggled a bit so far this year at times. The question I am pitching to you and for what our next discussion is going to be is, are we worried about Matthew Barzal yet? No. We agree again. No. It's way too early to be worried about him. I think that, yeah, he's struggled a little bit, and yeah, I would like him to shoot a little bit more. But keep in mind, please, he's, what, 21 still? Or did he turn 22 even? He turned 21 in May. Okay. So he's he's, he's 21 years old. Like, please, give this guy... Give this guy a break. He's going to be a very good player. It's going to take some time. He is the main guy now, so it's going to be in a little bit of an adjustment period. I think it's people are are expecting exactly the same as last year, and and I think he'll he'll end up being there. Like he's he hasn't scored in the last three games, but he's still got twelve points in fourteen games. That's phenomenal. Uh, yeah, he, he he might go through a stretch here, and he clearly is where he might not get something, and. <laughs> It's not to say that that's to be expected, but that's not to be frowned upon necessarily. Like he's going to go through some games where he's going to have to readjust his game. Like we've said it before. Like the focus is on him again. Is this a sophomore slump? No. Like I, I don't, I don't think that for a player of his caliber, I don't think sophomore slumps exist. Um, you're more talking about guys like Ryan Strom, who put up 50 points out of nowhere, and you're going, oh my god, this is this a new bent? Who is this guy? Where did he come from? Although I guess he was still a fourth overall. So yep. maybe I'm, I'm maybe that was a bad example. You see Strom just got his first point the other night? Yeah, I'm... They got what they got out of him. They, they got exactly what he was. So was, I, I think the, what I'm trying to say here is that... You're not surprised. The Ryan Strom they got was a Ryan Strom we were selling. Okay. Like no one was going like, oh, you're gonna get a fifty point center out of Ryan Strom. No, 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 no. If you went into that trade thinking you were getting a fifty point Ryan Strom, you deserve to get your pants taken from you. You're about a uh, one point in fifteen game Ryan Strom. Well, what is that on average? Right, like that's <laughs> not good. No, I guess that's true. <laughs> that's, that's, that's true. What what is that on pace for? Ten. Five. No, that's, that's five. Five, five points. That's right. Okay, my math is really off today. Was, I am really tired, he, so I'm not doing the had, math right. He had 34 last year, which is very okay. Like 34 points, that's a very mediocre, okay hockey player. That's what you expect from Ryan Strom because that's what he did with the Islanders. Didn't he do like 29 the year before that with the Isles? He did 28 in 15, 16, and then 30 in 16, 17. Yeah, so like they got the player that they picked up. If they had any illusions that he was going to be a 50-point player, they were mistaken. And they deserve to lose that trade, which they did handedly. Uh, well, who knows how much how much the cap space that they saved is worth to them. But to Barzell, I, I, don't, I don't expect him to go through a slump. He's going through a bit of a drought right now. But listen, we had another guy here who wore 91 who went through droughts, and he was still a pretty darn good hockey player. 
Like these guys go through droughts. It happens. They figure it out and they bounce back because they have quality. Like you look at his play. He passes the eye test. He's doing a lot on the ice and he's doing a lot that's that's good. It's just it just seems he may be doing too much at this point because he's trying to make up for it or he's just not doing the right thing in certain situations where he's not shooting or just holding on to the puck a little bit too long. Um, he just needs that one point to just kind of refocus himself and then he'll be all right. Yeah, so he has two points in his last five games. He has two points. It was two points against Pittsburgh on the road. Other than that, it's all zeros across the board, which, again, isn't great, but I fully expect him to be somewhere in that 80 to 90 point range when the year is over. Yeah, I think so. I think that'll be fine. Um, again, look what, what Barry Trotz is doing with Brock Nelson. He'll 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 figure it out with this kid, and, and, and it'll all click. It'll click. And, and maybe it has to do with his line mates as well. Like, Jordan Eberle seems to be doing fine, so that'll help Barzal, but it just seems like Bo isn't giving him that extra option. It's not to say that Bo is bad right now. It just seems that there might be a little bit of a a disconnect between the two in terms of where they need to be and how they need to sync up. And that'll come. That'll come with practice. Absolutely. So, neither Mitch nor I are worried about Matthew Barzell. We both expect him to snap out of it, and I think it's way too early to put sophomore slump on there, especially when you have 12 points in 14 games still. Yarp. Want to get into some social stuff, Mitch? Yeah. Do do, uh, do you want to talk about Brock, just real quick. Oh yeah, let's hit, we can hit on Brock before we get into the social we, we, stuff. We got, to, yeah, we got time. Um, so Brock Nelson is still um, stuck in October, which is fantastic. He has in his last five games, he has three points. He didn't do anything against Montreal, but then again, no one really did. So I don't necessarily blame him for that. Um, he still is great on the faceoff. He's averaging what is it, fifty percent? I think this year on the faceoff. Where are his stats here? Why can't I find them? Sorry, 44.7. That's a little bit low. But it's still early in the year. It's still early. Last two games, 50 and over. Um, And he's putting up points. He's got nine points in 14 games. Yeah. And nobody tell Brock, but... Well, definitely tell Brock, but it's October 38th today. That's today's date. (laughs) It's not November 7th. It's October 38th. And he's continuing... Like Mitch said, he's continuing to play... Like it is October, and still the Islanders' leading goal scorer, correct? Yeah, uh, I believe so, yes, with seven goals. Uh, but the thing that I really want to bring up with Brock is that he seems to be doing the right things off the puck as well, which wasn't always the case with Brock. Even in October, that wasn't his thing. The guy never back-checked. Never. And he and he's, do- he is he's doing, doing that now. So, like... Even if he's not scoring, he's contributing. He's playing to the system. He's playing to the strengths. So I think we say this every week. Do we see it continuing? Yes. Yes. And yes, it continues. I want it to continue, and I think it will, just looking at what he's doing off the puck. Again, the Montreal game looks bad, but everyone was god-awful that game. All right, Mitch, I'm I'm putting you on the spot. I'm asking you. Yep. Right now, on October 38th, you have to pick yep. out what his point total is going to be at the end of the season. Go. 52 points. Okay. All right. We're uh, we're pretty close because I think he's going to eclipse 50 points now. Okay, so what are you at then? 55? No, that's too high. 54? No, I'll go lower than you. I'll go 50 on the nose. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that that's fair. That's that's 
that's perfectly fine. What is he on pace for right now? I didn't do the math, but like I'm sure it's close to that. Please hold. <laughs> so, 53. his shooting's gonna come. Fifty-three. There you go. Right where we're thinking. Um, his shooting's gonna come down though. Like he's shooting at twenty-four percent. Yeah, his career high is fifteen point eight percent, which was in fifteen like sixteen. That's, that's going to calm down. Um, I don't know. I, I'm I'm really high on Brock Nelson. And maybe I shouldn't be because of his history, but You're, I just want to pump his tires. I want him to to feel comfortable, feel positive, feel good about himself, and just keep pumping in the points, buddy. Agree. I think you are you might be getting sucked in a little too much. Yeah. With Brock. You might be getting a little... You have a much quicker trigger figure than me i think i'm still sitting there like yeah i'm not really sure if i want to pull it yet i'm I'm, my my finger is there on it but i'm like still thinking about it or you're you're just firing off stuff left and right oh i'm shooting from the hip yeah um the only thing that makes me pause and give me this hesitation that you're bringing up here is that he's getting 18 minutes and more almost 18 and a half minutes of ice time on average per game that's like three minutes and a half more than he used to get. Yeah. Than his, than his highest year. His highest year was 14-15 when he had 15-53. Yeah. So maybe not exactly. Yeah, that's three minutes. No, two and a half. There we go. That's a lot more time on ice to produce. And his face-off percentage isn't atrocious. It's okay. No, I know. It's 44 right now. It looks bad, but the last two games, it's well over 50. I mean, well, 50 and 53. So it's, it's moving up. It's going up. Brock Nelson, changing the eyes on Isles. Thoughts on him, potentially. Well, me, because you're like, well, this fence here looks pretty good. So I don't know if I need to sit on the fence or not. So I'm going to sit and wait and look and not make a... You know, the fence looks still really nice. I have commitment and, issues, uh, Mitch. I don't want to get into this. It's going to be a whole other story for another day. We could have a whole podcast on Matt's commitment issues. So I'm just going to stay on the fence where it's nice and cozy. You could be Humpty Dumpty who fell over the wall. But I'll be yeah. nice in one piece, still sitting fine on the wall. That's fine. Live and die. Live and die by the edge of the fence, Matt. I'm extreme. Oh, boy. Hmm. Doing X's with my tattoo arms that are twigs. <laughs> you can't even say like you're straight edge, too, because you drink on every show. <laughs> no, I'm I'm definitely not straight edge. I could, I could never do that. I commend you for doing it. I could never do yes, it. Mad props if you are straight edge. Anyway, Mitch, social segment. What do you got for us? Um, first one is <laughs> this is this interesting debate about Joshua saying going on between two people on Twitter that I just kind of like I don't know interrupted or I guess l- read from afar. What's the word I'm looking for here? Eavesdropped on. Okay. And so the the last tweet that ended it was uh, so this is from at ny nyi underscore nycfc hashtag Isles Twitter. I will now be hosting Joshua saying fan club meetings. Hit your boy up if you want to learn how to join the number 26 defense brigade. Because um, it went back and forth where apparently someone was con- was was saying he's going to start a Joshua Sang, or he's part of a Joshua Sang fan club because he's high on Joshua Sang right now, which seems like you should be doing that. Yeah, I, don't know. I agree. Now is the time to be high on Joshua Sang when he's scoring 10 points in four games. But Matt, he has giveaways. He gives the puck away. He says stuff. He's... We can't trust him. Well, dead should be moved somewhere else. Uh, and then I have a th- I have three. Okay, keep going. 
the second one here is from at Dmalls74, uh, saying it takes time for power forwards to grow into their roles. I think he's found his groove. I think he'll be an asset in the... I don't know what this word is. M-O-N-T-G-S. That might be a typo. I don't know. Maybe not. And years to come. Oh, months. Months and years to come. Months and years to come. Put a G and seven and H. Don't worry. I make typos all the time. Um, who are they referring to, Matt? I'm going to say Josh Bailey. What? No. like M- Michael Del Cole. Oh. Power forward. Since when is Josh Bailey a power forward? I don't know, Mitch. I wasn't fully listening to what you were saying. I, you're the dyslexic. I have the attention issues. We're not the best, but squirrel. Yeah, I got. I did get put on notice just there, but yeah, Michael Delco. So that was going to lead into. Can I cut you off and go my social part? Yes. Okay, because Michael Delco, Josh Hosang, Josh Bailey, and Brock Nelson are a part of it. So okay, if you were to do an eyes on. Not an eyes on Isles. An Isles Twitter, like, fight to the death of the most hated players, right? So okay. who does Isles Twitter hate the most? Over okay. not just this year, but over the course of Isles Twitter. So for whenever Twitter was invented till, till now. Who is okay. the most hated? De- Brian Strait. He's not in the... He's not fighting. He's... It's... You have four fighters. Then no, null and void. Your competition is null and void. No. You don't have the ultimate belt wearing champion. No, because those four guys are only are only around. Vince McMahon is sitting next to Brian Street. He is not in this Royal Rumble. <laughs> He's the commissioner of the, the tournament. Yes, he is the okay. reigning champion. These four are just trying to <laughs> to duke it out for. Mitch, play the game the right way, please. You're ruining my game. <laughs> is it is it Michael Del Cole, Josh Bailey, Josh Hosang, or Brock Nelson? It's Josh Hosang. Oh no, I'm I go Bailey, hundred percent. I don't I don't think so. I think people are sold on Bailey. I'm not seeing Bailey hate. Oh, see I'm now you're the it. one not listening. I said over the course of all of Twitter, not right now, but saying for the okay, entire enough. Yeah, but maybe I, maybe it's a recency bias because I'm seeing the Hosang hate now. Um, you're right though. Okay, over the entirety of it. No, I I think it's still going to be Brock Nelson though. Brock, okay. Because it, it would be heavier for Brock. It wouldn't be as consistent because you at least have the, the reprieve of October, March, and April. Um, but in those between months, like I, I know someone who had a, a, a counter going and even like a, a thermometer, was it? Like a, a gauge for his his level of play on, on, on that particular evening. That person shall remain nameless. Matt O'Leary. Um, I forgot about that. I should. I got to look back in my archives and see if we ha- still have that. <laughs> It was like the Brock Nelson, and he had a, the, 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 yeah. you would have the arrow moving if he was playing well, and gr- it was green, and if he wasn't, it was red, and there was funny words there. I gotta I'm find really that. not with it tonight. That's okay. I got to find this thing. That was fun. And then you counted down the periods, the number of periods between points. I think it was 55. Think you got to like 55 or 56. So I think it's Brock, just because the highs were so much higher, or sorry, the lows were so much lower for Brock than it were for Bailey. They may have been more consistent, but the valley when it came to the the dearth that was or the the vitriol that was thrown at Brock Nelson was was much lower than it was for Josh Bailey, I believe. Oh, I found the Brock Nelson hibernation tracker. <laughs> mm. 
There it is. So do you want do you want me to tell you what the different categories were? Of yes. This? So I had the Brock Nelson hibernation tracker. I think I'm going to bring this puppy back because this was actually a lot of fun. No, because it's not going to happen. Put it away. Well, delete. Now that, Just delete it. Okay. The fact that it exists. So there's still there's a green section where it's like more likely to be not doing anything. Yellow, which is like kind of doing stuff, and red is like whoa. So green section, you have hibernating, which is the lowest form. You have sleepwalking, which is slightly above that. Then you have awake but on cruise control at stage three. Stage four is might be awake. And stage five is woke. He's on woke. woke. He's on woke right now. Yes. Yes, very much so. Okay. And so the last thing that I have is from our friend Rob Tobb. Who says, hashtag Isles Prez and GM Lou Lamarillo on Fan 590 that I spoke about earlier. They've told me, this is Lou saying this, they've told me the ticket sales are going forward. I know the ticket sales for the Coliseum are outstanding. There you go. So I, I think he's right because I, I bought my ticket for it and there weren't a lot left. There you go. So, and it wasn't cheap. It wasn't as cheap as the Barclays, that's for sure. No, definitely not. But I'm definitely excited to go see the Islanders play at Nassau Coliseum. I think that's a good mm. way to close out our social segment as well, Mitch. Yeah. So, before we get out of here, we might got to do some plugs. Do it. we got to first mention our Patreon. So, thank you what, what? to all who have subscribed already. So, what you can get out of that, if you give $5 a month, you get a post-game podcast for all 82 games. You get a weekly mailbag episode where we answer all of your questions, and you get a newsletter. If you're not into that, don't want to do five bucks, you could do two dollars, and that gets you the mailbag and the newsletter. Or if you just want to donate one dollar, that gets you just a newsletter, I think, right? No, it gets you the love of our life. Okay, yeah, we will be forever grateful for your support. We will love you a long time if you give us a dollar. Exactly. So that's patreon.com slash eyes on aisles. You could, of course, follow us on social media at eyes on aisles FS on Twitter. My personal Twitter is at Matt O'Leary and why Mitch's is T L O Mitch. You can like our Facebook page, facebook.com slash eyes on aisles. Make sure to download our app in the app store or Google play store, the eyes on aisles app. Or you can visit the website, eyesonisles.com, for all your New York Islanders content needs. And, of course, wherever you are listening to this podcast, please like, subscribe, rate, and review. Thank you. I think that's it, Mitch. Yes. Thank you, Matt. Thank you. I'm trying. I want to – I sometimes forget things in the order of how I want to do it and because it's a mouthful at the end, but we're trying. Okay. So now that I thank you, you have to go and delete that Brock Nelson hibernation tracker – I'm serious. The fact that it's out there in the ether, I'm not down. Okay, but when January rolls around and he's gone 10 games without a point, you're going to be the one, first one to call me to say, <laughs> make another one. Make another one, please. No, that's fine. Anyways, that's all I got. All right, Mitch, that'll do it for us here on episode number 64. We'll talk to you next time. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, 
you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. Probably the easiest thing I've ever done. The medication comes in the mail and it's very easy to use. I've been able to live my normal lifestyle and I've lost 20 pounds already and I've never felt better. It changed my life. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.